Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. I want to uh, welcome you to Talking FTD with Jerry. She's back, and she has a brand new knee that is working very well, and I wish my leg worked as well as her knee. I'm still struggling with this stupid leg, but we're very, very happy to have Jerry back, and today we're going to kind of continue what we've been talking about for the last month or so, or two months almost. And we're going to go into motivating people with FTD. You know, we all talk about them sitting and watching television and having the apathy. And um, I know if you listened last month, you you heard that I sort of had to have Rod do things because I was incapable of doing them. And what I found was that he was more capable than I gave him credit for. And it was my own explanation that was a little deficit at times. So I've sort of learned uh, how to get him to uh, participate in things that normally he would not ask to do, but he's perfectly capable and willing to do them now that I've learned how to break things into tiny little pieces. So we had the infamous blackberry cobbler that we talked about before where he came in with his blackberries from the garden and and I said, and he said that would make a great cobbler. And I said, well, come on, let's make it. And um, what what a eureka moment that was uh, for him. And we've continued that. But I'd like to start today. Welcome back, Jerry. Say hi, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, are you there? Oh, wait. Hold on. There you are. Are you there, Jerry? Yes. I hope. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it was on. Uh, it was on headset. Sorry. Uh, say hi, Jerry. <laughs> hi, everybody. Good morning. She's here. So we're going to start out by uh, talking a little bit about why that happens and why they sort of sit and watch TV because they don't have the ability to follow those directions anymore. So Jerry's going to talk a little bit about executive function and how that happens. And then we're going to move on to how I got Rod to do things that nobody thought he would do. So take it away, Jerry. Talk about executive functioning. Great. Executive functioning is a term you hear thrown around with FTD, but very few people really understand it. Um, Basically, it's one of the most common early symptoms um, that we see in FTD. Uh, It can also occur in Alzheimer's and other dementias. It's the ability to set a goal and then know what steps to take um, in order to accomplish the goal and then in the right order to reach that goal. So there's three things. Number one, you have to be able to set a goal. Uh, I want to go to the ice cream store. Number two, you have to know how to get there. So I have to take my car or I have to walk to the ice cream store and order a cone. Um, And then the third is that you actually have to carry through on that activity. In loss of, of executive function, the person knows what they want to do. They have not forgotten what they want to do, even if they wander off in the middle of a task because they can't figure out what step comes next. It's about following steps. The other problem is the more the patient thinks about it, the less they can do it. So it looks like because I could go to the ice cream store yesterday and I may be able to do it tomorrow, that not doing it today might seem willful or stubborn, and it's it's not. It's actually part of the disability. The more the person concentrates or tries to think about the activity, 
the worse the problem. So instead of asking a person to think about the activity, like, gee, you could put on your shoes yesterday, well, the patient knows they could put on the shoes yesterday and that um, they probably should be able to do it. Um, But the more they think about it, the less they can do it. So we don't want to try and teach them. Um, You know, we're not looking at somebody who's being willful. We're looking at somebody who's got a fairly profound disability. Um, What we see, several behaviors. First is um, your patient who has loss of executive function can um, be afraid of poor test performance or not know how to start it. And so they just refuse to do it. Uh, Sharon just gave a, an example of her husband. She asked him if he wanted to help her make biscuits, and he said no. While she was making the biscuits, he sort of came in and looked around and actually helped her a little bit. But the do you want to questions are very difficult. Um, we try never to ask the patient their permission for an activity that uh, such as bathing or, you know, the do you want to, the answer will always be no. The second is the patient wanders off before the task is completed. And again, it's not that they've forgotten what they were doing. They can't figure out what step comes next. And sometimes if you just touch their arm or do something to distract them momentarily and then give them the next step, they can carry out and finish the task completely. Um, getting the steps mixed up and backward. There was a movie one time about a woman uh, or a, a Daryl Hannah played a, a mermaid and there was a woman in an office scene who had her bra on outside of her sweater. That's a good example of getting the steps in the wrong order. Um, and she wasn't aware of it, that she had a problem. Um, and the patient doesn't have insight into it. So if you say, do you have this problem? But very, they'll say no. If I ask an Alzheimer's patient, do you have um, difficulty knowing what you want to do and getting the steps in the right order? And they'll go, yes, yes. But a person with FTD, as a general rule, um, doesn't understand what's happening. Um, it's important to realize this is not manipulative behavior. Um, this is not something they're doing willful or to get back at you, although if you're tired enough, it's going to seem like it. Um, that someday you can do it and some days you can't. It may be that the patient is tired on a day or that they've got other things on their mind or there's too much going on in the environment. Uh, for example, trying to get somebody to bathe. Number one, we always say, do you want to take a bath? And the first answer is always, no, I don't. And then you know, we say things like, well, let's see if we can't get it done, and, and it tends to make the patient agitated, um, and it increases the stress and the stimulus. Um, the other thing is that if you've got something like a bath that tends to be upsetting, do it in the morning or when, after the patient's had a rest because fatigue will make the patient's symptoms much worse. Um, I'm going to give you a quick um, list of things um, to sort of think about. Uh, Number one, FTD is characterized by a decreased ability to maintain attention and concentration. So when you're planning an activity, um, like with the biscuits, um, Sharon's husband was able to 
you know, participate in small amounts of it, but the whole process um, was probably more than he could handle. Um, what we do is we have some three basic things that we do with patients to try and get them to be a little more functional and succeeded tasks. Um, and this is evidence-based. There's good research on it. Um, the first is consistency, where the day follows the same pattern. You don't want to vary and offer lots of changes of pace and that sort of thing so that your framework of when you're getting up and next comes breakfast and next comes a shower and next comes whatever um, is basically the same day to day. That doesn't mean that the person has to have the same activities every day, uh, but very often we'll see patients actually develop obsessions, which is a very good way for the patient to maintain a consistent. Um, with the consistency, don't expect the patient to cue themselves. Don't expect to explain it and have them get it and carry it through to the next day. That's probably not going to happen. You don't want to talk a lot. You want to use nonverbal prompting so that if you're helping with a shower, you might hand the person the soap rather than say, take the soap. Um, lost my place. Um, again, remember, the more the person thinks about the activity, the less they can do it. One study shows that using visual cues, such as having important objects painted bright colors, uh, such as a tooth uh, toothpaste holder or toothbrush holder, um, the per person's cup and plate and that sort of thing, um, that those things paint them bright colors and the patient will gravitate towards them. Um, in earlier disease, it's been shown that posted written instructions, just a little bit of whiteboard with instructions on it, may help for a while. Um, the second thing is task simplification. That's a big term that simply means what we want to do is break activities down to the simplest possible way that we can get it done. For example, if you think about the command, take a bath, you have to figure out where, what a bath is, find the bathroom, find the nozzle, get your clothes off, find the towels. Get, it's just hundreds of commands. So what we do is we break it down into go to the bathroom. Let's turn on the water, the water temperature. Get your clothes off or take off your shoes, take off your pants, take off your underwear um, so that it's very simple, discreet commands. Now, that sounds easy. It is not easy. I've been doing this for years with patients and families, and it's very, very difficult. If you live in an area where there is an occupational therapist, such as at a rehab center or um, at a nurse, skilled nursing facility uh, or a hospital, see if you can get the your person's neurologist or whoever manages their care to write the following on a prescription pad. Um, you want a referral to an occupational therapist for, and this quote this, functional assessment, and task simplification techniques. Now, I have a handout that Sharon's going to post uh, so that you can go to this, and it's down at the bottom of the page. But the basics are, number one, most physicians have no idea about task simplification because it's outside their scope of practice. The second thing is 
that occupational therapists have things they specialize in, but in order to get your occupational therapy license, you have to be able to do test simplification. And Medicare and most insurance companies will pay for single-visit occupational therapy. This is not to teach the patient to do new things. It's to teach you how to simplify things so that your person will be able to succeed more often. Not all the time, but more often. It also has been shown to decrease problem behaviors. The things to avoid, number one, the big one, competing stimuli. If you're working with your person and you're doing an activity, making the biscuits or whatever, turn the TV off because trying to uh, be distracted by everything is is very difficult. Um, ask for t- asking for tasks where prolonged concentration is required. You don't want to give your person something that you know is going to take 15 minutes to a half hour. The next time you ask your person to um, participate in something, notice when they're... The, time it and notice when they start to lose eye contact and and sort of move away from the task. And that will give you a cue about how long your tasks should be. Excessive verbal direction. Remember, if you're talking to me, number one, the patient may hear wah, 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 wah. And the other thing is going to decrease their concentration and it's also going to kick in with that. The more they think about it, the less they can do it. Um, do not have expectations of carry-through or learning a task. That's not the goal here. The goal is to get the task done now, but not independently. This is not rehab, unfortunately. If it were, we'd be very happy, but it's how to make your day simpler. Um, And know your person, if your person has FTD with aphasia, which is loss of language, he or she is not going to understand as much as they would have in the past of anything you're saying. Um, Whenever somebody has what we call expressive aphasia, meaning they have a hard time finding words or getting words out, um, they also have problems with what we call receptive aphasia, which is like somebody is speaking Greek. Um, And then treat successful task uh, completion as a gift and be grateful for that day. Sharon? Yes. Um, the one thing I want to mention to everyone is that it, it takes some effort. Uh, it certainly takes effort. It takes effort to think about how to break things down into very simple tasks. But I have to tell you that the reward is great. And it doesn't mean that every time you're going to be successful – And sometimes you're going to use the wrong words. Like I said to Rod, do you want to help me make biscuits? And I should have said, Rod, could you come here a minute and then start the biscuit process? But regardless of any failures or or delays, the reward is worth everything you do to make it happen. And so the one thing I want everybody to understand is that when we talk about these things, it's important for you to to get them involved because I hear over and over, all he does is watch TV, all he does is watch TV. Well, all he does is watch TV because that's all he knows how to do and that's all that you're letting him do because a lot of times we're stuck in that, could you please uh, get up and take the garbage out and then feed the, the dog? 
well, we just told them 17 things to do, and they'll say no, just like Jerry said. It's like, no, and they'll, or they'll ignore you and just keep watching the TV. So I, I think if we always look at the very smallest denominator and try that very smallest denominator and then the next smallest denominator, like let's go into the bathroom. Okay, we could probably get there. Let's take your shoes off. Okay, we could probably do that. And that I think that we have to keep reinforcing in our own mind that this person in front of us that looks like they always looked and who we feel is being belligerent a lot of times really isn't. And I think that I have sort of a unique experience with Rod because he will talk about it. So he will actually say, I'm, you're confusing me. And I'm sure that some of your people don't do that. And I have that benefit. But I want to tell you that with him expressing that to me has helped me understand that I'm just not giving him, I'm giving him too much information. So the point that I want to get across to you, that it doesn't matter what they used to enjoy, you can still have them enjoy it with modification. You know, we, um, I talked to Jerry about the fact that Rod always liked the garden. Well, last year I said, okay, well, you know, if you want to do that, you know, we'll go out there and we'll do this and that. Huge failure because I just sort of left it to him. And he was pretty early stage then, but it just didn't work because there were just way too many steps, and now I realize that. So this year we did it differently. I said, okay, let's do raised beds because getting up and down was getting difficult for him. Then I hired the kid to come over and help him plant and go and get the plants. He felt independence. He wasn't with me. He was with somebody else. He got to pick the plants. I don't care what he plants. It doesn't matter to me. And uh, so he had that ability to continue to do what he enjoys. He enjoys going out and bringing things in. And um, Jerry, does that make sense that, that I've discovered that partly because Rod will talk about it and and partly because I've just looked for ways to break down the task? I think it's perfect. You did exactly right. Um, the other thing is that if you, there is no such thing as failure. There's what works today or this moment and what may work tomorrow. Um, so it's important not to internalize it or think that the person is sort of being just stubborn or nasty or mulish. Um, you know, it, this is a learning process for everyone. And if this were easy, we wouldn't be talking. Exactly. And, and, I, and that's a, the point that I, I really want to try to make is that I know you get frustrated. I know if you have broken down a task and they could do it yesterday and now today they can't, you think he's just being lazy or whatever, I, I understand that it's easier to just let them watch TV. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I got two of them. So I get it. But I really encourage you to just take small things and try and try and try because we made, first we made the Blackberry Cobbler together and that was so successful. Well, then he found, a, a, he, he had an eggplant in the garden. 
and we have we have critters that come and steal them, and he gets very annoyed at them. But um, this eggplant was big enough where we could use it, and so we made eggplant parmesan, and that has a thousand steps. And we do it in the oven, so we're not frying it. So there's a lot of steps involved. But he brought that eggplant in, and I thought, oh, let's go for it. So I said, okay, Rod, I'm going to do this, and please do that. And you know, I said, go get this dish out of the cabinet, and it, this is you know what it looks like, and this is what color it is, and he got the dish. Get the spray, spray that dish. Did that just fine. I started breading the eggplant parmesan, and he was watching me. And then he said, can I do that? And I was like, sure. I thought, what's the worst case scenario? He doesn't get it breaded right. I'll just rebread it. And so he started doing it. And then we put them in and took them out and made the par- we made the Parmesan together. And just the look on his face when that Parmesan comes out of the oven is worth it, guys. I, I know it's a pain. I know it's a pain to have them there. But it, it just, if you can get one task accomplished, I think their feeling of being fulfilled makes it worth it. Do you agree, Jerry? Is that is that a good way to look at I, I it? I do. I do. I was going to add one thing, though. I think you need to recognize as caregivers that you have a lot on your plate, that a lot of you have family, a lot of you have children in the home, a lot of you have all kinds of things. I think you need to develop one way that you reward yourself at the end of the day, whether it's a glass of Chablis um, or a hot bath with candles or, you know, just something that makes you happy and relaxed. Because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, here are these two women telling me that I have to do more and I'm so exhausted. And I, we appreciate the fact that this is overwhelming. But this is something you do one step at a time, but you take the blame game out of it so that you're rewarding yourself for a job well done. And and I think that it doesn't matter how small the task is. I think once you find yourself getting them involved in a task and seeing the appreciation and the pride um, that they have after doing that, and of course I praise him, you know, up and down, and you know I say, oh, mom, isn't this the best eggplant parmesan? Rod made it all by himself. He didn't, but you know, it, it makes him feel good. And so it, it's that once you see that, I, I think if you find one task that they were always capable of doing, and that you feel they've lost, if you can re-involve them with those tiny little steps. I think the look on the face will be enough for you to try it again. Javi, what do you think about that, Jerry? Yeah, and you don't have to try it every day, but, you know, again, I keep bringing it back to simple data tasks. Try to do things that are overlearned. You know, for example, we have patients who can't read anymore, but they can sign their name because it's overlearned. You do it over and over and over throughout your life. And things like bathing, eating, uh, hobbies with Rod, it's gardening and cooking, um, 
you know, they're overlearned for him. And so you can take advantage of that and incorporate that into an activity. And again, if you try an activity and it doesn't work, it didn't work. So what? You can either try it again tomorrow or you can give it up and not do it. Um, but give yourself the reward of knowing that you're doing actually state-of-the-art care. And I, I also want to mention, because I mentioned this to Jerry before we started today, I really feel that Rod and Mom going to the day center a, a couple of times a week has helped enormously because they now Absolutely. have another place where they are doing things with other people and they're taking some you know small instruction to do that. I, I think it's almost set him up to be more receptive to instruction. Does that make sense, Jerry? Absolutely. Adult day programming is just the best. You know, you have to find one that has good activities and that is willing to take on someone who doesn't behave like sweet little old ladies or men. Um, but, you know, the thing that my patients have, have done very well with is music activities at day program. They love the music programs. Yeah, and that's what we have found, too. And the one where they go, they they do have music twice a day. They have it in the morning, and then they have it in the afternoon. So uh, there's music twice during the day, and, and it really is. And they have somebody come in, and he'll even take, you know, requests. So sometimes Rob will have a request song. But they're following a consistent routine at daycare also. Oh, absolutely. You know, not a lot of change and everything so that the patient is able to sort of grasp it and go with the flow because they they may not be able to tell you what comes next um, or even that anything comes next. But um, things that are familiar are a lot easier for our patients. And I, I just want to encourage everyone to just try to find that one thing that they may have been good at and you think they can't do anymore and see if you can break it into little tasks or little instructions to have that be something that they now are capable of doing because I, I think you'll see that the reward for that is great. And reward yourself, like Jerry said. <clears throat> I have started um, on every Friday now. I have made a, a an appointment <laughs> with someone to either go out to brunch or lunch uh, on a Friday so that that's my treat for the week. At the end of the week, they are in the day center and I am going out with someone and, and having conversation with someone. And I just I, I contact neighbors and I'll say, hey, would you like to go out so much? Kids are back in school and some of these young mothers are very willing to go out um, now that the kids are in school. So uh, just look for those opportunities to reward yourself as well. And um, I encourage you to look for a day program that, that fits. I had to look a while and have found this one that really is good. And Rod, is not, as I said before, is not the youngest person there. And Mom is not the oldest person there. So it's a wide variety of ages there. And Rod has made friends there, and it's been a, just a really good experience for him. So we're Karen, the one thing that go ahead, go ahead, Jerry. The one thing uh, that caregivers very often will do is they go to visit before the patient goes, and they say, "I don't, I can't imagine me here." So, 
keep an open mind and try it. Yeah, try it at least once because I think you'll find that now Rod will say, you know, I enjoy going there, I enjoy going there, and that was not the case in the beginning. So, you know, be persistent and, and keep at it, and I think once you get into a routine, and I, you'll see a difference at home as well. I just want to go over in our last uh, minute and a half here. Uh, next month, we're going to be talking about kids in the home. So uh, Jerry wants to uh, bring to you some suggestions on if you have children in the home or uh, if you have helpful or unhelpful family. So we're going to t- talk about those issues next month. So um, make sure you join us next month on the fourth Thursday, and uh, we'll be Eastern Time. Don't forget the calendars, guys. They're shipping, and they look fabulous. So, so I'm going to put a little plug in for the calendars. Uh, they really look good, and Rod is so happy with that. That's been such a good project for us. So thank you, Jerry, for coming back to us. We so appreciate all your input, and we'll be looking forward next month to uh, talking about kids in the home and a family that's both cooperative and uncooperative, and I'm sure we can all uh, deal with that. So thanks once again. Thank you, Jerry. Have a wonderful uh, month, and we'll talk to you next month. Thanks for coming.